Welcome back to Maiden Marsh. Today is Thursday, March 9th. And uh, Wesley, how many days do we have until Selection Sunday? Just under three days. Just under 72 hours, that is, because it is it is under three days and we're getting close. Yeah, we're recording here late Thursday night. We promised you guys that we'd get something out on Thursday. And, um, you know, we're really, we're really, it's really heroic by us to yes. uh, be recording. Round of applause for ourselves. Yes, yes, to be recording this late into the night. So while there's technically three days, it's basically two um, and a lot has happened since we last recorded. Um, if you remember a week ago, Alex, me and you, we were on that two-person podcast. Thought yes, it went sir. pretty well, but uh, Wesley, great to have you back. It's been, what, three months since you've been in the business? It has been an absolute minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. But I have watched a lot of ball recently, and you know I was able to keep up throughout the season, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously it's great to be The back, ball so. knowledge is definitely not lacking. Yeah. yeah. Especially it's, as a recent. Especially as a no recent. matter what our inconsistencies have been this year, the knowledge is still there. Yeah. Um, and let's not really waste any more time. Alex, do you want to uh, tell the listeners what we're going to get into today? Yeah, so we're going to start out by giving you a little rundown of teams that have automatically qualified uh, for the national tournament this year. So those are teams that have won their conference tournaments. Um, so we're going to start by talking about a lot of mid-major teams because those are the conference tournaments. That yeah, there's only mid-major actually. There's ten to wrap up sooner. Yeah, none of the power, power conferences have on, finished yet. Yeah, they finished tomorrow or Saturday and uh, Sunday as well. So hey, I believe that's what all. Five yeah, so we're going to give you guys a brief rundown on those automatic qualifiers, and then we're going to talk about some of the bigger tournaments like the Big Ten, Big East, SEC. And break down those conference tournaments that still have a few games. Remaining. Yeah, which are happening as we speak. And honestly. then also, and then maybe also doing some bubble watch and like teams that are you know looking potentially to be in, teams that are probably out, and yeah, it'll, it'll be a fun pop. Well. So I guess we can start on the uh, automatic qualifiers. I guess so. The yeah, who was the first team to punch their ticket again? You're not gonna believe this, but out of the OVC. It was which is C, which is a decent conference. It's normally okay. You normally get okay. some decent teams. You they get more head Belmont. states. Belmont left. I think Belmont was, was kind of the OVC dominator mm-hmm. for a while. Belmont, yeah. Belmont yeah. left, and Morehead State was supposed to be like you know the big team out of the OVC, but CMO, which stands for Southeastern Missouri State, <laughs> they are the Red Hawks. The Red Hawks. Yes, they were the seventh seed in the OVC. The OVC. Now, let me tell you, the OVC used to be, I would say, a mid-tier, respectable mid-major conference. I don't know about anymore. I mean, Not after Belmont let's left. put it in perspective. SEMO, once again, as they go by, are ranked <laughs> 257th in Ken Palm. That smells like a yeah. 16 seed to me. Yeah, SEMO's going to be a 16 and probably in a 16 seed play-in game. Yeah, you'll see him um, in Dayton in the first four, no doubt about it. I mean, this is a team that... <laughs> I'm not going to say they can't make any noise because we saw UMBC a few years back, but they were probably 200. They're most likely not yeah, going to make true. any noise in the tournament. Yeah, yeah so I mean, we're kind of starting it off but, on a boring. But note. congrats to them; they went on a congrats. big run. Yeah, they beat in their some good tournament. teams. I mean, and they're some dancing. Decent some decent teams. Decent I mean, teams. it's not like they were playing the world beaters in the championship. I mean, they beat Tennessee Tech to win the championship. Who I think who was, was 16 and 17 themselves. I believe they were maybe the two seed. In that yeah, conference. yeah, that shows you that you know we can say that the OVC was a strong conference in years past with Belmont and Moorhead State. But outside of Moorhead State, who was the odds-on favorite this year, they were not very good as nope. a conference. Yeah. Um, nope. But shout out to SEMO. But let's keep it moving here. Yeah, that, that's the only. That's the only. And that game happened on Saturday, Saturday March fourth. March fourth. So that right? is okay. the only um, bid clinch from that day. There were a couple more on Sunday. Then um, the first one being the Big South Championship, where UNC Asheville, who was the one seed um, in the Big South, 
they punched their ticket, beating Campbell, who had actually had a couple upsets um, to get to to get to where they are. So UNC Asheville, um, they have the Big South Player of the Year and Drew Pembert, I believe is his name. Yep. Um, he was actually I kind of did some research on him. He was a Tennessee transfer, so he was at Tennessee for two years, um, and then last year transferred to UNC Asheville. Was scoring about sixteen a game, and this year he's scoring close to twenty two, I believe. So yeah, he's, Drew, he's, a, he's a pretty good player. Drew Pembert is a really nice piece, but ultimately around him on this UNC Asheville team, they really don't have much else going for him. They got a I really think. good guard name. I think it's Tejon Jones, who okay. um, is a bucket. And yeah, I think he dropped 25 and had like, he had some crazy threes. Um, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Big South is usually the conference that Winthrop always wins, yeah, right? Winthrop has had some success. Yeah, so, there. I mean, and Winthrop, you know, maybe they'll be a 14 seed or something like that, but they haven't really won in March Madness. I think Asheville's projected to be on that 14, 14. 15 line. Yeah. I, I would hope um, 14 because I think they're much more talented. Yeah, than but as a conference, the Big South normally is not that strong. But this UNC Asheville team, I mean, they did go 16-2 and two in conference. That's nothing to scoff at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me go look up what they are in Ken Palm. You guys can keep talking here. Yeah, so they've got a couple players. They I mean, players. Drew Pember, if you guys aren't familiar, he's like 6'10", stretch so 4, maybe skinny. 5. He's so skinny. But, he, but he's, he's so very long. skilled. He's very skilled. Very he skilled can do a lot quick, of things. Quick feet, yeah. He can... Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if I see this team making, making an upset happen, but you never know. I mean, they do have two... They I have mean, two when you compare players. him to SEMO, it's a pretty good team. Yes. I mean, they're ranked yep. 148th in Kempom, which, you know, not world beaters or anything, but... Yeah. You never know with UNC Asheville, and it's nice to see a team other than Winthrop finally coming out of that conference. Yeah, that's another Refreshing. thing, too. That's another thing, too, is it is nice to see different teams come out of these, these mid-major And also, Wasi, I know me and you are on the same page with this. When you're watching these conference tournaments, me and you, we like to cheer for the one seed, personally. Yes, the, fav- the favorites, the best teams in the conference. The reason we do that is we want to see the best mid-major teams win their conference and get into March Madness so that we can see fun upsets. Because yes. if teams like SEMO win all their conference tournaments, then I hate to say it, but you're going to be seeing all chalk in March Madness. And that's not as fun. So it's good that we saw one seed like them win, but there have been a lot of other one seeds that have fallen. I agree, yeah. I mean, if you guys are fine, we can kind of move on from the, from yeah. the Big South. And I'll get to a, um, a conference that is very strong, um, mid-major conference. That's the NBC. Uh, oh, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of good teams in the NBC. Did you know? Chicago has been a... Prominent team from the NBC. Did you know in 2006 the NBC had four teams in? That's wild. Do you know what teams they were? I don't know. I I don't know that off the top of my head. I just saw that the other day. But that's crazy. I mean, that's wild. Normally, um, Loyola Chicago's been a team. They are now in the A10 and laid an absolute egg this year in the A10 and took that last. So um, Drake won this conference. Again, they beat Bradley 77 to 51. Hands on, just destruction of Bradley. But I kind of, I picked. Drake to win this conference, and I think Drake is a good team that can seriously make some noise. Yeah, Drake is definitely a good team, and what I like about this team is I believe they have three or four starters that are either seniors, like traditional seniors, or fifth-year seniors. So these are guys that have played a lot of college basketball, not necessarily tournament experience. But they have played a lot of college basketball, and that's what you want to look for in these mid-majors. Drake's starting lineup is older than four NBA teams. That's wild. It is a group of experienced young men who, I (laughs) hate to say it, they are borderline, you need to go get a job. Because they're (laughs) 24, 25. And Drake ranks pretty high in Ken Palm. They're yeah. 64th in I was going to say they're probably top 75. They're what do we think Drake will get in March Madness? Are we thinking 12, 12 seed? Yeah. 12. I think so too. An 100%. interesting thing about this Drake team is though is we mentioned their experience, 
But their one underclassman is their leading scorer. He's a sophomore. And I think he's the coach's kid. Is it the DeVries kid or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the coach. Tucker, Tucker DeVries. Yeah, Tucker DeVries. I don't know how he pronounced that last name, but that's his His dad is the coach of that team. So coach's kid, love it. Leading scorer. Yeah, he's player. averaging almost 28. <laughs> he is. He's, he yeah, he's so a good player. This Drake team's definitely a team to look out for. They're no slouches by any means. I agree. Yeah, so the... Um, so if you're going to pick an upset in your bracket, keep your eyes peeled for Drake. I mean, they beat Bradley, who is also not a terrible team themselves. Yeah. I mean, they were the number two seed, I believe, in the MVC. I believe, yes. Bradley was the one, yeah. Or Bradley was the Drake, one. Bradley Drake was, was the one. Two. Drake was the two. That's right. That's yeah, right. so... And I mean, they manhandled him. They beat him by, what, 16 points? So... Nine was 26. Really? It's wow. 77-51. Yeah, that's a that's a big win. Um, but yeah, we can move on to the ASUN, which has kind of been a conference that's been dominated by Liberty for the past five years. And Liberty's actually put some nice, you know, tournament tournament performances on. Um, mo- most they upset Mississippi State. Mississippi State yeah. in the twelve five matchup, um, but they get defeated by Kennesaw State. Um, kind of unfortunate. And now another thing about the ASUN, there's some mid major conferences that go to the home team of um, the higher seat. So this game was Kennesaw State was the one, Liberty was the two. This game was at Kennesaw State, which honestly probably proved to be the difference for them. Kennesaw State won this game 67-66. I think Liberty had the best player in Darius McGee, and I Mm kind of wanted to see him in the tournament. But he absolutely laid an egg. I think he was like three of eight, 16 from three or something yeah. just wild. He like you mentioned, Kennesaw State was the one seed in this conference, but I think Liberty were the favorites to win just based on a betting standpoint. I think if you look at Ken Palm, I think Liberty just cracks the top 50. Nah, um, I think they're 41. Let me go get a so quick this was here. this was kind of an upset in the eight. Yeah, you're right, 48. But Kennesaw Where's State... Where's Kennesaw State at? They're like... 129. What's their defense? Uh, one eighteen. Never mind. <laughs> I was I was gonna say I'm like maybe you know they're low but they had their defense. Good. I think Kennesaw State is a decent team and this was proven by them beating Liberty in that championship game. But that home court advantage definitely was a I think that totally did it. Hundred percent. I think I mean in a, in a one point game you know you got to give at least two points for the home crowd like that that yeah, means something. For sure. so. Yeah, and, like, I know that we would have loved to see Liberty in because, you know, from our perspective, they have a way better chance of upsetting someone in the big dance itself. But let's give Kennesaw State their flowers. This is their first tournament appearance ever. ever. They're the Kennesaw State Owls, so Kennesaw State, I tip my cap to you. Great win. I agree. We're going to love to see what you can do in March Madness. Probably not all that much. I mean, what are we thinking? 14 line? Yeah. What about a 13? You think that... 13, 14. 13 seems... 13 seems like... I feel like it seems high, but they could creep to the last 13. They could. I think that's just them coming from a decent mid-major conference in the A-Sun. I feel like if Liberties would have won this conference, I feel like they would have been a lock as a 12. Yes, they would have. Probably. And also, Liberty has that star player in Darius McGee, like you mentioned. And they have yeah they have a lot of guys around them too they got a lot of a lot of depth as well but yeah good to see a new team in there though although it maybe yeah not, maybe might discourage uh, an upset pick. but that's all the um, conference championships from Sunday then moving into Monday March sixth starting with the Sun Belt championship AKA the Fun Belt the Fun Belt um, Louisiana the Raging Cajuns defeating South Alabama seventy one sixty six now the Raging Cajuns were I believe the one seed. I'd, somebody may have to fact check. What was Marshall? The two, three? Marshall was the three. Okay. I know, and this they is, an, this is an interesting conference because 
we talk about Marshall. They were the three seed, but they do have an NBA prospect yes. on their team. Um, they have two guys. I checked that they have two guys on their team that average above twenty points per game. And that, other than that, I think they have like nobody else. But they have two guys that average twenty, but, which is pretty impressive. But yeah, Louisiana is not a terrible team. They're decent offensively. It's just the defense that kind of worries me. Yeah, they have their big man. They run through their big men. Um, I know they play like they have a couple guys, a couple forwards that are averaging you know ten, fifteen points per game, and maybe even up to three. So um, I think they're a big man oriented team. Um, but they got some players though, and I don't know where do you guys see them. What what uh, what seed do you probably project them at? Thirteen. I was gonna yeah. say I was gonna say thirteen, maybe the fourteen. I want to give a shout out to Isaiah Moore on South Alabama for doing all he could that game. He dropped thirty three points, so Man, may have lost. But that's tough. He scored half their points. Find <laughs> yeah. this man some help. Yeah, please, please, <laughs> please find. Him we some are help. begging you, South Alabama, get Isaiah Moore some help. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have much else to say on no, the, yeah. Yeah, on I the fun belt championship. I haven't watched much Raging Cajuns ball, to be honest. I haven't been too tapped into the fun belt, but that was a good game. Yeah, I was kind of hoping Marshall would pull out of that conference just because they got too. some studs on that team, but yeah. it is what it is. Um, moved on to the SoCon championship, a rematch of last year, Chattanooga versus Furman. Now, this game was a complete 180 of last year. I believe last year... The game went to overtime tied 53-53. This game, Furman put up 88 points and beat Chattanooga 88-79. Furman, is a nice, Furman has a nice squad. Um, I believe Chattanooga actually was like a not that high of a seed in the SoCon tournament. Yeah, I mean, they were they're, like about a, four, they're about 500 five. just in their total Yeah, I record. thought they were five maybe or maybe even a six. Was Furman the one seed? I think Furman was the one seed, yes. So Furman? Maybe the... Has had some success in the SoCon as of late, but they never seemed to close it out. They would always lose in the championship, you know, either to Wofford teams or, yeah, Nuga last year. (laughs) Um, So this is their first tourney appearance in, I want to say, like 26 years, something like that. Um, So good for Furman. And they're actually pretty good. I mean, 27-7, and 15-3 in the SoCon, which isn't a terrible conference. I would put SoCon above, like, the Ace Sun, probably. Yes. And like obviously the Big South and those kind of conferences. I, I think I think it's a mid tier mid major. Yeah, it is. So it's all right. It's not. It's not horrible. Um, but I don't know where they rank in Ken Palm. I don't know. They're probably not very high. I feel like they'd be a good offensive team though. Yeah, no, I yeah. I, are, think, I think Furman's definitely a team to look out for. I offensively they're scary. Yeah, they can score. They're 30 for, 34th in offense on Ken Palm, and they're ninetieth overall. I mean, not, the defense is horrid. Yeah, I mean, defense are clocking in at 183. Ooh. So, not the best there. But cool to see Furman fun, uh, punching their ticket. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a decent conference. And, um, yeah, good to, see, uh, good to see a team. Good team. The one seed, I believe, in that tournament get through. Yeah. So, I think that's it for Monday. Um, we move into Tuesday then. And the first game um, from that day was the Northeast Conference Final, which I think has a case for the worst conference in college basketball. Right in there with the Horizon and maybe now the Southland. And the NEAC is The NEAC is also too. pretty bad, but um, Mary Mack defeats Fairleigh Dickinson. But, big but, Mary Mack, this is the standing with Bellarmine last year. Mary Mack wins their conference tournament, but they are not eligible for the NCAA tournament because they just became Division One eligible, I think, a couple of years ago. Alex, I feel like you should go off on this for a little bit. I feel like you have a big problem with the NCAA's rule with that. I, I think it's terrible. I think <laughs> you need to reward teams that have proven success early on. I don't care if they just came from D2. If they jump to D1, 
and are proven to be successful, they should be dancing. Seems like a logical argument. Wesley has a counterpoint. Wesley, let's hear it. Well, now, if you, if, that, if you say that you can just jump from whatever, D2 to D1 and immediately get eligibility, it's kind of the same thing with, like, there has to be some repercussion. Otherwise, teams just bounce around too much. I, I feel like there has to be. I saw a tweet, and I don't remember who I saw it from. Some college basketball analyst. I think I saw this, too. I saw it, and now I can't remember it, and I don't remember who it was, but they tweeted something about why mm-hmm. um, it's, a, it's like it sucks that that's the way I it think is. it was Seth Davis. It's Seth Davis. Yeah. Dude, that was it. It was I, Seth Davis. 100% he basically different. said, listen, it, it, it's terrible that it that's something, that's but it's a necessary thing to it have. It can't change. Because otherwise, but, teams would be bouncing. But what, what D1 teams are bouncing to D2? Right, like, I don't know. I don't this know. is just the argument Seth Davis Seth was Davis making. I mean, is he sort of saying teams like Merrimack or Fairleigh Dickinson, when they're going to have a down year, would bounce to D2? Because I don't know if that really makes sense to me either. Yeah, I don't know. I, it just, I, it's like, the, I, I really don't care. Merrimack was the one seed. They're coming from D2. If you're making the jump, I can maybe see the argument if you're going down, but if you're going up, from D2 to D1, I don't see why you should be banned from the tournament. Alex, I got to say, I kind of agree with you, too. I mean, let's be real. How many teams are going to be jumping around like from D1 to D2? Probably not that many. I don't see the argument, but at the end of the day, this is the Northeastern Conference. Fairleigh Dickinson stinks. I'm just going to lay it out for you. They stuck. They stink. <laughs> they suck. All of the above. But they're going to be a 16 seed. They're going to be a 16 seed. You don't need to worry about Fairleigh Dickinson doing anything. I mean, they're 312 in Ken That's, That's all you boring. need to know. <laughs> yeah, Seth Davis did say, you know, if there's um, if there's no, like... Do you have the tweet? Yeah, it says, I know it's frustrating when schools win their conference tournaments and can't play in the NCAA tourney, but if there's no transition period into D1, then schools could shuffle in and out like it's the transfer portal. Tough problem with no easy answer, in my okay. opinion. Interesting. I kind of trust Seth Davis when it comes to everything college hoops, so he probably yeah. has a point. Do we know what that point is? I, me, personally, not really. I don't, but yeah. I'll trust him on this one. Yeah, I'm going to have to trust him as well and uh, go with what he has to say. We can move on to more horde basketball in the Horizon League. Oh, boy. Northern Kentucky beats Cleveland State in the Horizon League final. Sadly, UWM was not, UW-Milwaukee, was not in the Horizon League final. They had lost to Cleveland State in the game prior. Um, but, I mean, where is... Do we have anything Northern to say? Kentucky? The Horizon is always one of the worst conferences, and, and I don't 16. think the Northern Kentucky Norths are going to make a ton of noise. No, they're a 16. I, I just smell no, they're probably a 15. Really? I mean, we keep saying there's... Because so we're saying bad. every team's a 16, but you can only okay. have six. If SEMO doesn't win whatever <laughs> conference they won... That Morehead State, but they probably did. Too. I know exactly what I'm saying. It's like I always pencil in Horizon as a 16. Northern Kentucky, they're going to be a 15. You heard it here first. Watch out for them. Not really. <laughs> not really. Um, yeah, nothing else to say for me. If you guys have nothing else, yeah, uh, nothing else to add. So we move on to the CAA, um, which actually has a pretty good team in it. In Charleston, Charleston punches their ticket, beating UNC Wilmington. I actually think that that conference has some. Decent, decent teams. And obviously, Charleston, I think, is almost a 30-win team. I think they have three yeah, losses. 31 wins. 31, yeah. yeah they, I think they have three losses on the year. Um, they got some players, obviously. They got a guy who I think is almost 26 years old. Yes, they have a guy who's played in college for seven years. Dalton um, he's Bowen. number three. Yes, Dalton, Dalton Bowen. Bowen. Crazy story. First and foremost, if you're 26 and playing in college ball, you need to get a job, okay? I think I think he's he might be turning 25. I don't know, but yeah. he's old. He's yeah. Old. And he played D2 ball, and then he was playing pickup basketball one day, and he got his eyelid torn off. Yes. Crazy story. And then he played with an eye patch 
in D2 for an entire season, which is crazy to me because if you ever try covering up one eye and playing sports, you're going to struggle because your depth perception yeah. is totally off kilter. Like any 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 hand-eye coordination, basketball, baseball, golf, any of that stuff with one eye would be very hard. Very, yeah. very hard. So. And I mean, this Charleston team, I mean, clearly they've got experience with him. I mean, they went 31-3 and three on the season. That they were on the a bubble. lot of credit. They were on the bubble. If they would have lost that game, yes, they would have got some consideration as an at-large. And, I mean, they're a pretty balanced team. Ken Palm has them 70th in offense and 73rd in defense. I think you could do worse with an upset pick than Charleston, and I think they're going to be a trendy upset pick. Yeah. I do you guys think they are they 12? 12 or 13. Yeah, they're, gonna, I, they're not going to work their way up to an 11, if that's what you're asking. I think yes. they'll be a 12. That's what I was thinking. I mean, Charleston's a good team. This is a team that we saw ranked. Early on, yes, they were. They were ranked, I think, seventeenth or something. Out of conference, out of conference, had some nice wins against decent mid majors like Chattanooga, Richmond, Davidson, Colorado State. They also beat Virginia Tech and Kent State, who we may be talking about later. But they picked up some quality wins in non conference, and they had a good year in the Colonial, and they got it done in the conference tournament. Which was necessary because I don't think they were getting an out. I don't think they were. I, I don't think so either. Especially with how some of these bubble teams have been playing in the past week yeah. and have started to play in their conference tourneys, I think they would have probably been. The one knock on Charleston is their strength of schedule. It's not great. Yeah. But I mean, we're dealing with mid majors here. Yeah. You know, you can't have yeah. everything. Obviously, you can't have everything. You're right. So you gotta gotta look, pick and choose what you're gonna keep analyze. Keep your eyes out for Charleston. I agree. I agree. And then we move on to the WCC, the West Coast Conference, which has pretty much been a battle of two teams for the entire year. Yes. St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Um, St. Mary's won the first tilt. Gonzaga won the second tilt. And in this game, Gonzaga obliterated St. Mary's. It was it was ugly. I think at one point it was like 65 to 30 or yeah. something just ridiculous. Like, And let's yeah. be abundantly clear. Both these teams are going to be in the field of 68. I mean, they're oh. both top 11 teams according to Ken Palm, if yes. you haven't been paying attention all year. And sure, Gonzaga may have obliterated St. Mary's, but St. Mary's has been very good all yeah. year. I, I, I think this is a testament to the Zags. I think they're starting to play a lot better defense. I think... See, I don't know. You're going to go with was... the blown Lance method. No, I I was really high on St. Mary's coming into this game, but after watching this whole game, I'm not sold whatsoever yes. on St. Mary's. Because I have a couple teams like that later they on in our five turnies. Terrible. Same thing. St. Mary's looked awful. Yes. They rely on Logan Johnson too much. In that first game, when St. Mary's upset Gonzaga, Aiden Mahaney stepped up big, but he has not been the same ever since that game. And St. Mary's is going to need to find something offensively. Defensively, they're going to slow you down. They're going to play at their own pace. That's what they do. But offensively, they need more than Logan Johnson. Yeah, Logan Johnson literally does everything for that team, um, on offense especially. But I feel like when I, when I watch them play, um, they kind of go five out and kind of say, hey, you make something. And, like, there's just guys standing in the corners. And then those guys in the corners get those passes, and they're not knocking down the threes as right. much as I think they should. I think the Zags came out with a really good game plan. They were going to swarm the ball, and I think it caught St. Mary's off guard a little bit. And just one more thing on the Zags. Shout-out to Drew Timmy setting the Gonzaga all-time scoring record. Huge accomplishment. Huge. I mean, they've had a lot of good <laughs> players go to Gonzaga. Yep. They've had a lot of good players, so shout-out to Drew Timmy. But, yeah, I just want to say we've been talking about what some of these conference tournament winners – whether they'll be able to pull off an upset or not in March. These are two teams that we're asking the question of how far can they go. Exactly. Yes. I would consider these two teams in the West Coast Conference, like, 
shoe-in Power 5 team, essentially. Yeah, and but Alex, I actually want to echo what you said. I was kind of rising on St. Mary's. The computers loved them. Mm-hmm. Um, and their first win against Gonzaga about a month ago was really impressive. Mm-hmm. But uh, you cannot go away from watching that game and have your takeaway be, you know what, the St. Mary's team, they can make a nice run. It just leaves a sour taste in your mouth. They look terrible. The the metrics love them, but this is, at the end of the day, they are a mid-major team. Gonzaga obviously is really good, but they're playing against weaker competition on a night-in, night-out basis. And so that's where that offensive metric and defensive metric kind of scares me a little bit because they're not playing that same level of competition that some of these Power 5 teams are playing. That's fair. That's a fair take. Um, we'll move on to a team that I would consider to be a lock for a 12 seed and could potentially win one or maybe more than one game in March, and that's Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts won their Summit League final by 44 points, 92 to 58. Yeah. They are an offensive juggernaut. juggernaut. I mean, they, yes. can, they can drop an ID on you anytime. Max Aismas is a bucket. Yep. They you got guys Connor saw Max Aismas make a run a yeah. couple of years back. Yeah. And instead of Kevin O'Banner this year, who's at Texas Tech, they replaced him with Connor Vanover. A.K.A. Long John Silvers. Well, not the same player, but he is 7'4". He can shoot it a little bit. Yes. But So they got that size to compete with some of these big teams. Once yeah. again, if you're asking yourself, why does the name Oral Roberts sound familiar? I mean, they were a 15 seed two years ago, and they went to the Sweet 16. And that was with Max Aismas as the main scorer on that team. Yep. I want to see what they're at in Kempom. They're fifty fifth in what's Kempom. What's their offense efficiency? It's got to be twenty fourth. Yeah, I was going to say it's pretty their good. Offenses. They're they're locked in as a twelve seed. Locked in, hundred percent. And I would love if they get a matchup with you know maybe a subpar five seed. Yeah, they could, could do some damage. It could be a Murray State Marquette type, you know. Yeah, more percentages. This could be up. a multi. Hey, come on, this, buddy. You could have said Oregon Wisconsin vibe too. <laughs> nope, because Murray State was sixty six percent picked. That's okay, really that's besides the point, but we obviously know Max Aismas can score, but they've got other good guards around him, too. Isaac McBride's a nice piece, and so is Carlos Jurgens. This is just overall a well-rounded team, and this is another team that if they hadn't won this game, would have been on that bubble conversation yeah. trying to get in that large. By the way, though, they didn't lose a single game in Summit League play, 18-0. And the Summit League is not, it's it's not, not good. It's not good. But it's not like you know the self-wonder. It's... You know, like yeah. South Dakota State can put up a fight. Um, historically, at least. Historically, at yeah. least, yeah. It's not I bad. mean, we've talked about this team and what they can do. I just want to note they have played four quad one games, and they are 0-4 in those games. Just Who did they play the in those guys. games? Do you know? I do not know exactly, but I was looking at the net rank. Pretty impressive they've gotten four quad, quad one games. games. I mean, well, think about it. They've gone undefeated in conference, so all their losses have to come from out-of-conference play. Yep. So does that mean they're undefeated outside of quad one? Yes. Right. Impressive. Full losses. Yeah. I mean, probably they don't have too many quad two games that they've played. Yeah, but still, exactly. Yeah. Still. Interesting. They're going to be another popular pick. And then now here comes another bad conference, the Southland, which is going to be dominated by Texas A&M Corpus Christi for years to come. They win this <laughs> conference 75-71. All the half-decent teams in the Southland left have exited. Stephen F. Austin... Probably the most famous in that conference. They're now in the WAC. South Sam Houston State. Sam Houston State followed them to the WAC, who was also historically at least decent in and that both conference. Those, both those teams were the one-two pretty much every year. Yeah. So, yeah. so Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, or Cream, Cream Corn, Corn, as we like to call them, 
they might win Southland for the next 10 years if they don't add anyone. I mean, they beat McNeese, or McNeese, I don't know how to pronounce it, who was 11-23 and 23 in they, the championship game. No, they beat, no, they beat Western Northwestern State. State. Oh, they did, okay. And so shout they out Northwestern State, they have Hansley Manuel, who started for them, and he yep. only has one arm. But this cream corn team, they stink at the end of the day. Another 16 seed. Yeah, this is a set-and-forget 16 seed, no debating. <laughs> yeah. Yep, they stink. Nothing else to say. Yep, nothing else to say there. Um, and then we move on to the what conference is this? The, the Big Sky, the Patriot League. Oh, I Patriot think? League. Colgate. Colgate. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. Colgate is in the Patriot League, correct? And Colgate has actually dominated this conference. I would say for the last five years. Yeah, they and have. We, we see Colgate's name in the tournament. I'd say eighty percent of the time in, in recent years. Yeah, um, we saw them play Wisconsin in the first round last year. They tough. put up a very good fight, which was basically a road game for them yep, because yeah. the game was being played in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, but this is a pretty similar Colgate team. Offensively, they're very good. Um, mm-hmm. but are they, they still are, relying on the three ball like they have in previous yep. years? Oh, they are for sure. I feel, yeah. like, they, I feel like that's their like, bread and butter. Yeah, like, that's their brand. That's but their at brand the end ball. of the day, they are coming from the Patriot League. But I think this is like... Kind of a sneakier, really low seed. I think they're projected like a 14. I was going to say 14. 14 I, th- I think that you, you could look at any of the previous Colgate teams and probably get a good idea of what this Colgate team does. They're going to try to make a mm-hmm. ton of threes. They're going to try to put up a ton of points. And I mean, they put up good fights in March Madness. They yeah. have. Versus they have Arkansas and Wisconsin. They were 14 seeds in both games. Yeah. And they put up decent fights in both they games. Did, they yeah, haven't yeah. won yet. They haven't pulled off that nice upset, but. It's good to see that they're hanging around because the worst is when they just, you know, get blown up by 30. It's right. Like, it just leaves a bad taste for years to come. So you could, you could This see is them. not a team to necessarily sleep on. Not, don't write them off, especially if they're in the 14. Definitely. Line. Especially yeah. if they're in the 14 line. And then closing out the, uh, the night, um, and I think this is the last ticket punch that we have so far. So far. And it's the Big Sky. Uh, Montana State takes the Big Sky. Unfortunately, not the Montana Grizz, but... I don't really know much about Big Sky is not a bad Yeah, conference. I don't know what to say about the Big Sky. Two-seeded <laughs> Montana State beat nine-seeded Northern Arizona. Um, They're weirdly yeah. higher in Ken Palm than I would have expected. 110. Not saying that's good, but... I would have guessed 170, so... Yeah. I mean, I, but at the same time, I, I don't want to undersell any of these teams, but I, I don't envision Montana State pulling anything off. The and they beat the nine seed in their conference tournament final. Yes, if Northern Arizona would have won, fun fact of the day, they would have been the team with the lowest winning percentage to ever make the field of 68. Damn. Because they're, they're 12 and 23. They would have had the mm. worst winning percentage of all time of any team to qualify for March. I want to say should have just let it happen for history. I want to shout out fellow friend Matt O'Donnell. He did say Northern Arizona played a very tough out-of-conference schedule, though. So Did they? Hey, maybe that's why their record is so low. You guys keep going. I'm going to go look at their schedule and uh, see what we got here. We'll yeah, Mon- Montana State, I'll keep it a buck with you listeners out there. I have not watched much Montana nope. State ball. Okay, no. their first three games were kind of hard. Michigan State, Arizona State, Utah Valley. And then they, oh, okay. they, they Texas. played UCSB, Texas. Oh, they played Texas. That had to just... Utah, Tough team. Oh, they were battled Texas. Utah That's Valley why again. they made the final as a 9-2. Utah Valley just, you know, the, the independent, they're not in a conference. Or no, that's Chicago State. It's yeah, like that's Chicago, Chicago State. State. But then after that, it got pretty soft. But okay, those are some good teams. All right, I'll give them that. 
Credit to you, Northern Arizona. Tip of the cap. We do no. our research even on these 13 and 25 teams, Northern Arizona or whatever. That finished runner-up in the Big Sky Conference. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's our last ticket punch that we have so far. Are there any teams punching their ticket tonight? I do not believe so, no. So normally mm-hmm. it kind of happens where there's like this now break. Um, and today is kind of like the quarterfinal day for pretty much mid-majors and power fives. Um, yeah. And then... Some some semis or a lot of semis tomorrow. Some semis on Saturday, and then yeah, there's gonna be a lot of tickets punched Saturday. Saturday and Saturday like. is like probably gonna be I'd say ten. Yeah. Um, I don't really know the number. Maybe it's six. But there's the Big Ten's always on Sunday. Um, there's one other conference that always on Sunday too. I know, but the Big Ten is for sure always on Sunday for their yeah for their ticket punch. I can. Should we it. get into some of these major conferences though? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give a quick uh, debrief on some of these big conferences. So I mean. One, I mean, obviously I can just kind of start and say that Wisconsin is out of the field. You know? Yeah, let's start with the Big Ten. Let's start with the Big Ten. They um, they lost to Ohio State. I mean, they were getting destroyed. I think it was they were down by 30 with like 15 minutes left in the game. They actually made an interesting, interesting little bit of a blue balls by Wisconsin to come back and be down five with two and a half left and then, you know, just classically sell the game. But they're out of the tournament. Um and I mean, they didn't NIT even... stands for not in tournament. That's where they'll be. Yeah. I yeah, mean, and <laughs> you go. And this Ohio State team, they won again. Yep, they beat they beat, they beat Iowa, Iowa today. today. So they're moving on to the quarterfinals. They have to be one of the better under five hundred teams in college basketball. They are talented enough. Yeah, they went on they what a twelve a game. They went on a twelve, 12 game, game losing streak earlier. They were ranked in the beginning of the year. They should not be a thirteen team in the Big Ten. But. Well, they were. I mean, I know. at the end of I know the I'm saying, like, they just they had the talent. They just nothing yeah, happened. Yeah, but I don't think we should be giving Wisconsin any excuses. Nope. They've had unlimited chances to yep. try to get themselves in the tournament. Yep. And I mean, despite losing every single game, it seems like Joel Lenardi is just trying to will Wisconsin into the tournament. Yep. Always putting them in the next, uh, the last four in or the next yep. four out. But I think that game just 100% seals Wisconsin's fate. Yep. You are in the NIT. Yes. Yeah. Let's let's take a look at this. The remaining tournament schedule. I think the Big Ten personally is wide open. So these quarterfinal matchups, we've got Purdue versus Rutgers. I actually kind of, before we get into this, can we talk about Rutgers-Michigan in the 8-9 matchup that happened earlier today? Sure. I think Rutgers got a really big win. I think this game, Rutgers versus Michigan, was a game to see who will get in the tournament. I don't think Michigan's in if they just beat Rutgers. Eh, you, may, you, might have, you might have a point close. there. They'd be real close. But I think but this I win's think, been yeah. winning too. I think Rutgers is now... A lock for lock the tournament. I they're, think they're that this gets them seed. safely in. They'll be a 10 seed. Yep. Possibly 11. I don't know. I would guess 10 right now. Um, but this was a much needed win for Rutgers. I mean, they had gone like 2-6 and six in their last 8 games. Yeah. So um, they were getting scary. And with the quad 3 lost miss. Yeah. And, and headband Paul had been playing some really bad ball. He didn't play necessarily terrific today, I wouldn't say. But it was an improvement. Mm-hmm. And Caleb McConnell locked down Kobe Bufkin. That was the difference. In that was the difference. For sure. H. Dick got his, but... He was going to get his. He was going to get his, but... Really cool to see Rutgers in the tournament. But Kobe Bufkin's a guy we talked about on that last podcast. Yeah, man, if he would have made the tournament, he yeah, could have been so. scary. I think he could have been scary. Anyways, yeah, so, we can continue so these matchups. The so we've got Rutgers versus Purdue, which is very interesting because we've already seen Rutgers, Rutgers take down Purdue, Purdue this frequently. year. We they also match up very well. Very, very well with Purdue. As long as... Cliff can stay out of foul trouble. Exactly. 
That's what it comes to. But with Caleb on the perimeter and yeah. Cliff down low on Edie, that is, I don't think Purdue is really looking forward to playing Rutgers. The Lions only, what, four points? Five and a half right now. Okay, actually, that's more than I thought. But still. But yeah, yeah I, I think there's a lot of upset potential. I think Rutgers can beat Purdue. They have shown that they can. Ohio State gets a Michigan State team who I'm not very high on. And Ohio State has been playing better basketball, not just in the tournament, but their last few games in Big Ten regular season yeah, play. Illinois, right? So this is an Ohio State team I can see beating Michigan State. And then we go down to Penn State, who's got Northwestern. They're cooking. They are cooking. Right and now. Penn State's playing really good ball right now, and I'm not big on Northwestern. They whatsoever. just beat Illinois. Yeah, I've been taking Penn State in that game. I, I don't think know that what. is another potential no, upset. No and I think Penn right State now. might honestly be favored. In that I think game, even though State they're the 10 seed. Yep. I and then, ten versus the two in Big Ten. The ten's favored. That's that's what yeah. the Big Ten's been like this year. Big Ten currently has, I would go as far to say, nine locks in the tourney. Penn State, I think, just punched their ticket by beating Illinois. Today. Yes, for sure. And now they have nine teams in, and Ohio State as could you know theoretically in some miracle fairy tale world, you know there could be ten teams. They could be a bid stealer. You never know. Never and, know. And then that last matchup in the quarterfinals is Maryland versus Indiana, which is another team I could see getting upset in Indiana. I think this conference is wide open. It's wide open. Yeah, if I had point. to pick right now, I would pick the favorites in Purdue. Um, but I can real realistically see any of these teams. I agree. I tend to agree with you. I think honestly, the team that maybe has the least chance. To I win, would say win. Northwest. I was exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say Northwest. <laughs> Even though they're the two seed, yeah. I I'm not I, big on this. Northwest I would much rather. I would pick rather pick the Rutgers, Purdue, Ohio State, Michigan State, Maryland, Indiana. All those teams sound better than Northwestern. Northwestern just I don't know. Okay, Rutgers is not going to win it all. Just so you know. I don't. Know. I, don't I, I would give them a better chance than yes. I think Northwestern. I think Maryland is a dark horse team as well. Metrics really like Maryland, and I love Jameer Young, what he's done Jameer Young's a bucket. for Maryland. He's a bucket. Um, the big gripe with Maryland is that they can't win away from home, but they did pick up a big win in their last game in regular season play. I forgot who they beat. Um, but they did win on the road there. I kind of like no, a Maryland. Didn't they, didn't they lose to, at the, on the road to Penn State? That's what happened in their last regular season game. Wait. Did they? Yeah. Mm. Yes, I watched the game. They <laughs> lost on a buzzer okay, beater layup. Tripping. Buzzer beater layup. They lost. They should have won the game, but they lost on a buzzer beater layup to Penn State at Penn State. So that was a potential mm-hmm. quad one road win for them that slipped through their fingers. Okay, maybe I'm tripping, but I I like this Maryland team. I think if I had to predict, I would say final Maryland versus Purdue. I'm gonna throw it yeah. out there, and Purdue takes it home. Yeah, not bad. Should we get into the Big East? Yeah, Big East has had some. Some nice action, too. Yeah, they have. I mean, Especially today. We can sort of skip the first round games because, I yeah, mean, kind of I guess DePaul way. over Seton Hall and the 10 over the 7 is kind of interesting, yeah. I suppose. Otherwise, but Seton Hall wasn't getting in anyways, yeah. I mean, yeah. unless they went on a crazy run. Nova beating um, Georgetown by 30. Alex, let's get into Marquette's game versus the 8-seeded Johnnies. This is the 1 versus 8. It was a very stressful game as a Marquette fan, and... Marquette's the better team. There's no doubting that. But something about St. John's always gives this Marquette team problems. I knew it going into the game. <laughs> they always do. Um, but it was a good win at the end of the day in OT. Uh, I would say Marquette had a lot of open shots. They just weren't necessarily hitting. But Cam Jones, who was like 2 of 14, hit a big three down the stretch. 
um, to put Marquette up four with 30 seconds left. Obviously, it went into OT, but that was still a huge shot. This Marquette team's interesting. They got a big, big test against UConn because UConn is another team that's going to out-rebound Marquette by probably 15. And UConn will be favored. For sure. Um, the Big East is another conference that I feel like the one seed is not necessarily going to be favored. No, I mean, UConn's the four, but I feel like... They are the odds-on favorite to win yes, the Big East. Yes, yes. And that was before the tournament started, by mm-hmm. the way. Everyone was picking UConn to win the Big East tournament because, yeah. honestly, I don't blame them. UConn's been on fire recently. They have, they have. Um, do you I, think UConn takes it all, Alex, like just from an unbiased perspective? From an unbiased perspective, I do think UConn's the best team in the Big East. Yeah. And I do think I tend to agree. they will win the Big East. But yeah. I like this matchup for Marquette. I would say right now they're probably a three seed. But if they beat UConn, which is the matchup I wanted, they will for sure be on the two line. Yeah. So then in the semifinals, it'll be Marquette versus UConn, obviously, because UConn beat Providence, who, by the way, Providence, they stink. They have lost, like, what, four straight? And yeah. it's been ugly, too. Yeah, and the losses they have been bad. bad. They just bad, 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 bad. Like, Providence, you know, they lost by seven this game. UConn kind of choked down the stretch. UConn they was did, up yeah. by almost 30 points with about 15 minutes left. Um, Providence went on some runs, brought it down. I think they had it with down to five with like three thirty left. Um, so UConn, UConn absolutely choked in the second half, but they ended up getting it done. Um, like Providence yeah. is still going to make the tournament. Yeah, of course they're, they're, but hundred percent, but I mean, they're playing themselves into a poor seed. They're probably going to be an eight or nine. Oh, they'll be at least, yeah, they will be a nine or a ten. ten. Yep. But at the end of the day, they are going to get a lower seed, but they do have Ed Cooley at head coach, so I would not write them off. I mean, wasn't this team ranked right top 10 at some point this year? Am I tripping? I don't think they cracked. Close. Were they like 11 close, or 12, yeah. right? Okay, they were yes. um, And then in the other semifinal game tomorrow, it'll be Xavier versus either Creighton or Villanova. Which it's looking like Creighton. Creighton's right up now, 12 yeah. with okay. 4.54 left. Okay. So. But this is another I game. I want to talk about Xavier quick. They probably lost their second best player for the year in Zach Fremantle. Mm-hmm. So that's a really big hit. Well, they've for been them. playing without him for a while, but it was yes. just confirmed that he'd be out for yeah. the year. Yes. But Sule Boom is hashtag he him. <laughs> Sule yeah, Boom he is, is so good. And he Colby, is so Jones, fun to watch. Colby Jones has stepped up big for Xavier, but we saw them really, really struggle against DePaul today. Yeah. Um, and and I, not, not even offensively. They were, I mean, they were shooting the ball well at almost 50% from the floor, 45% from three, just defensively, allowing DePaul's 84 points. That's, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that Creighton. That happen. I like Creighton to beat Xavier in the semis. I think it's probably going to be UConn-Creighton, and UConn takes it home. But the Big East is a really good conference, and they've got some teams that can make noise. Yeah, I, I really I think Creighton's going to be going far in my bracket. I really do. I don't know. I'm 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 off Creighton honestly. In I my think opinion. they can Personally, win a few, but I'm not sold on them going. I'm not sold. Far. I'm not sold either. Alex, I know you're gonna have UConn going far in yours. Oh yeah, third year in a row. Possibly a winner pick. Possibly. Possibly. Let's hope they won't sell out for you this year. So mm-hmm. I ha- I ha- I obviously was not able to be on the podcast, but I was I was making a mention of my fourth team I had in my final four is Baylor slash UConn. That team is now if I had to pick one of those two, it is UConn because Baylor stinks. Which we will probably get into later, but yeah, yeah. Should we UConn just, is let's get, in, the let's get into the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve is an electric conference this year. Best, so, best in basketball. Best in course. basketball. So many good games. Every game like could have potential. 
No, never mind. I was gonna say like quad one potential for like most of the games, but there's some there's some teams that but a lot of them are. But a lot of them are. I mean, there are so many good teams in this conference. Like you know, a Texas Tech team that's got a lot of talent. Um, it's like what the third twelve seed in the Big Twelve. Like they're so low. Um, Okie State, I think, is like the ten or eleven seed in the Big Twelve tourney, and they're on the bubble. Like that's just crazy. There's a lot of talent in this conference. Um, but yeah. the thing that the thing that's kind of stood out to me is the Baylor Bears play over the past two weeks, mm-hmm. and that that's is the great. definition of worrisome because. You cannot. I thought. I thought. I'm like Iowa State came out. They had a nice game at Baylor. Obviously, it's horrible to lose on your home floor at Iowa State, who stinks away from home. But to do it again and then lose again in the Big Twelve tourney to Iowa State at a neutral site is bad, bad stuff. Iowa State is not that talented offensively. I, okay, offensively, yes. Gabe Kelcher is not him, but somehow he's dropping like. I but dude, Baylor's always balling. Baylor's because Baylor's defense is terrible. I strongly disagree. I think Gabe Kelcher is a very nice piece. This Iowa State team has battled adversity. They lost Caleb Grill, who left the team. Got kicked mm-hmm. off. Yep. Well, it and was they are now in the semis. Thing. I, I saw it was maybe some mental health thing. I don't okay. know if we know well, for then, sure. Yeah. But still, I I like this Iowa State team, and that's. Kind of why I'm lenient on Baylor now is just defensively they're not good enough. So when it they just play, hurts my, it's just like rep, weird to think about that. Like when I think Baylor, I think good defensive team, just because like yeah. two three years ago they yeah. were, but like it's just they're not they're not even top seventy five Ken Palm defensive efficiency. I, don't think. I think they're in the triple digits. I thought they were in the hundreds too. Their offense is obviously you know top. They're one hundred on the dot defensively. And, and what offensively, offensively they might be They're number two. Gonzaga's one. after Gonzaga. Okay, yeah. yeah, but. but they, their offense has been struggling recently, too, and that's why they've been losing. Um, Adam Flagler, Keontae George, and LJ Cryer co- combined three or nine of 33 from the floor today. That's not going to cut it. Yeah. That will not win them many games. But that's that's a credit to Iowa State's defense. They're a really good defensive team. Um, but I had, said, I had said I might pick Baylor to my Final Four on the previous episode, thinking, and I mentioned that I think Scott Drew will get the defense ready. I don't know if I see that anymore after this performance. I certainly don't. Two in a row to Iowa State. I thought, like, as soon as I saw that they lost Iowa State on their home floor, I'm like, no way this happens again. I bet Baylor minus four and a half. Hammer it. Boom. There's no way they lose to Iowa State again. Here we are. Yeah, but Here we are. so getting into the semifinals of the Big 12, Iowa State and Kansas is going to be the first matchup. And then Texas is going to get the winner of TCU-K-State. What's that game looking like right now? TCU's up 16 with five minutes left. Yeah, TCU's up now. So it's looking like Texas versus TCU, Iowa State versus Kansas. What are your guys' thoughts on Kansas State? Because I think they... They reek away from home. I think they rely too much on Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson. That's only two players. That's what I'm saying. They have a guy, um, they're big man. And it's like, don't get me wrong, it's a great duo to have, but I just... They have a big I don't know Naquan, if I see it. Naquan Tomlin, who is solid, but I feel like they do rely on those two slash three players. And like Keontae Johnson, at least from what we saw of the game before we started recording, he was having an off night. And it's, it's really hard to compensate for that for when one of those guys has an off night. I think Keontae Johnson's been playing well recently. The issue's been Marquise Noel. He's, he's really, really struggled in the past, I would almost go with as far as, say, month. Um, he's really struggled from three. And he had a few threes today, though. Yeah, I, Wesley's right, though. This is a team that kind of at times can struggle from three. 
They rely on those two guys too much, too and much. they are undersized. Very undersized. Like, yeah. Keontae Johnson and Naquan, Naquan Tomlin's a decent bit. I think he's like 6'9 or 6'7. But Keontae Johnson's pretty small. I mean, he's 6'6". Yeah. He's yeah. really bulky. He's like a linebacker, but... Marquise Noel himself is about 5'8". Yeah, exactly. he ain't getting you many rebounds. <laughs> I'm not big on this K-State team, and if TCU holds on, I'll take a little victory lap for myself because I did talk about TCU being contenders on that last episode. Um... Championship contenders, you mean? Hey, listen, credit to you. Really, really great pick, Alex. I think they can be. Congrats. Yes. <laughs> so, what what are your guys' picks for these semis? If it's Iowa State Kansas first matchup, Kansas. This is it's the Bill Self Invitational. Yes, but Bill Self Bill is Self. Bill Self is in the hospital. He had like some heart heart attack. And they said yeah. no heart. Was they said no to the heart attack? No. Is some Before some heart issue, but he's in the hospital. That's that's worrisome for Kansas. It is. I I sort of think Kansas plays angry, like just like they four still seventeen balled West Virginia. Yeah. West Virginia is not bad. No, West, West Virginia is probably going to make the field of sixty-eight after their win against Texas Tech. Do you think? I think so. I think they're on I the bubble, but I tight. think that they're on the right side. I of think the they got some help from a from a West or a Mountain West loss today. So. Yeah, yeah. I like Iowa State in this one. They're hot. I'm gonna ride the hot streak. No Bill Self on the sidelines. Give me Iowa State. And then if TCU holds on, I got TCU over Texas too because at the end of the day, they have the best player on the court, Mike Miles. I would probably take TCU as well. Hook them. I think Texas is pretty. You're good. going with Sir Serge Barry Rice. Is unbelievable. Imagine if he got the amount of shots he's got in the past month and a half for the whole season. Mm-hmm. He's in the player of the yeah. convention. He's yeah. been just cooking as of recent. So I love Texas right now. They're especially hot. Do we want, do we want to get into the ACC? I mean, it's kind of boring, but we can just go over it quick because yeah. we are running a little bit low on time. We are, yeah. Um, I guess one thing we can quick mention is. Where do you guys see North Carolina? They're, I think they're out they're right cooked. now. They're for sure out. They're for sure out. What a disappointment of a season. This I mean. one was, I mean, I don't think they're anywhere near it, but if somehow they just managed to creep up on, no, they sh- there's no way. There's no way. They're in like a lot of next You can't outs. put them in when their quad one records like what, Zero one and 12? Oh, yeah, exactly. Something yeah. like that. With their one win against Virginia. Yeah. But one team I want to talk about in the ACC is Clemson. I've heard you guys say they are noted frauds. I completely disagree. They were on the bubble. Are they now in after that win against NC State? They should be. NC State was also in the bubble. Because Clemson... No, NC State's probably in. Clemson is a very, very spooky team. What do you like about Clemson? I like their front court a lot in Hunter Tyson and P.J. Hall. They've battled injuries all year. P.J. Hall was out in the beginning of the year. And Brevin Galloway, probably their best guard, was the guy who had the problem with his testicles. Oh, yeah. He got injured. <laughs> so he missed some time. That guy's playing hero ball, the fact that he even came back this season. Exactly. But no, P.J. Hall is definitely a player to watch out for. He's a stretch five, um, shoots really well from three averages, 15 and a half in a game. And Hunter Tyson, I believe, was second team all ACC averages 15.7 and 9.5. This is a dangerous Clemson team. Right. Look I'll, out for them. They're really flying under the radar. That. They would not be on the bubble if they were healthy the whole year. I would like to point out a separate ACC team. I, mean, I don't know if you're going to say it, but I got another one I'm going to say too. Let's talk about Duke. That's exactly what I was going to oh. say. I mean, they played the frauds of Pitt. By the way, Pitt's probably oh. going to get in the bracket. Oh. Pitt is terrible. Oh, Pitt is awful. Nice. I mean, really yeah. cool oh, story. I mean, terrible. they got some familiar faces, Jamarius Burton and Greg, Greg Elliott. <laughs> but, like, come on. Pitt Washed is up Central. awful. Pitt is terrible. I don't care who they play. If they're the 10 and they play Northwestern, who I think is frauds, 
I was I would still take Northwestern. That would be a really tough one. I wouldn't even want to pick that. I want to leave it to one. <laughs> I would too. Um, Those are two really. Bad but Duke's games. playing really good ball right now. They beat Duke's Pitt by forty points. Do you guys think Duke slides in as like a five yep. seed? They well, it, it depends. I think they're at a six right now. That's what but I they beat Miami. They're a five. Yep. For sure. And meanwhile, so we were debating about this the other day. The key for this Duke team is Tyrese Proctor. I was staying now, by. Obviously, it's Jeremy Roach's is going to be the guy that they need to get buckets. He needs to get buckets. He always gets buckets, though. Again, the UNC game, he really struggled. They were obviously able to pull it out. Tyrese Proctor did have a nice game. Um, I, he's kind of coming on as of recent, and he's showing more confidence and ability to take shots and stuff like that, um, which I really like. I think they have, obviously, they have two great bigs. Um, Philip, Philip, Philipowski. He's uh, super, I mean, he can do everything. He's a well, yeah, on the offensive end. Offensive. And Lively's yeah. a beast defensively. Yep, yep. But I really think if Tyrese Proctor is playing well, this team can make a Final Four run. I am convinced. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing really good ball right now. There's no other way to say it. Um, yeah, so the semis will be the 1, 2, 3, and 4 on, in the ACC. So a little bit of a chalky bracket. Chalky. There. I mean, the ACC kind of stinks this year, so I kind of expected yeah. something pretty chalky, but... <clears throat> Should we That'll quick, happen. Should we quick do the SEC and then be on our way here? Yeah, we okay. quick do it. Um, the SEC obviously is... Um, I know Arkansas beat Auburn today. They did. Good win for Arkansas. Nick Smith is finally fully healthy, I believe. They did not cover, though. So not a great team, just a good team. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 here's what I said to Alex about Arkansas off podcast. I said, if Arkansas runs into a team that can't, that doesn't have rim protectors... Arkansas can 30 ball because Arkansas is a run at the rim kind of team. Yeah. Very athletic. They have a ton of, um, obviously, you know, they're the highest. They have the highest ranked freshman class coming in. They have a ton of really good players. Um, just haven't really been able to put it together. I feel like if they run into a couple teams in a row that can't protect the rim, could get ugly. Um, so kind of watch out for this Arkansas team. I think this is a team that could 100% make a run. It's yeah. like a 7, 8, 9 kind of team. Yeah, they're spooky. We talked about them on the last podcast as a dark horse team. What did I team. say? I said if you're, the, if you're a 1 seed or a 2 seed, I don't think you want to see Arkansas near you in the bracket. No. They have a lot of talent, but they are young. Wesley mentioned they are rim runners. They're very long and athletic. That's their whole lineup. But they struggle yeah. to shoot the 3. They do. That's which one is huge issue. kind of scary for this team. But they've got talent all the way around. Um, and in the SEC as a whole, I still think Bama's the best team. Yeah. But they've definitely been struggling as of late. Yeah, and I mean, we haven't Brandon seen Miller too much of the SEC tournament. Um, sort of like the Big Ten. I mean, we like well, the quarterfinals no, will be tomorrow. But there's a lot of irrelevant teams in the SEC. Like yeah. LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss, um, South Carolina, all those crappy teams. Like, yeah, like get them out of there. Get them out, out of there. Out of there. Um, I'll be very... Florida, I'll be very curious to watch this Tennessee-Missouri matchup that's upcoming. Because Tennessee lost to Kai Ziegler, but they look good today. I'm personally They've not... actually looked better without him than I thought they were going to so far. It's early, though. It is early, but so far and they I'm look not, better without him than I'm I not sold on this Missouri team that's going to make the tournament, so I'll be very tuned into that What matchup. is Missouri, just bracketology-wise right now, are they like a, a 7? I think right around there, yeah. Offensively... Missouri can score, they can put up points, but defensively they're terrible. And so we're going to get that battle of offense on Missouri and defense on Tennessee. And see yeah, let's see, let's see what one wins out. What's been going on with Vanderbilt? <laughs> Vanderbilt's an interesting team. Vandy? 
I'm telling Dude, you. They've you left last podcast when nice I said that Kentucky's loss to them was bad, but not the worst loss ever. They're playing better basketball oh, recently. Is playing, like, somehow. They've what, figured it out. What did they beat LSU by? I think they beat them by nine. So, you know, pretty hefty win. LSU. So we're going to get a Kentucky Vanderbilt rematch. rematch. Let's see if Kentucky can actually win this one. And Vandy, Vandy closed their season um, on some nice wins. They beat Florida, they beat Kentucky, and then they beat Mississippi State. So that's what I'm saying. They're, coming, they're, they're cooking right now. They just beat LSU yeah. attorney. It'll be fun. And then we've got a lot of the smaller conferences finishing up as well. I mean, yep. It's going to be a mad dash to Selection Sunday. Hey, uh, real, well. real quick, one team in the SEC we haven't talked about is Texas A&M. They're making a late charge, and they're coming on fast just like they did last year. Wade Taylor is a stud. Yes, he is. And, you know, if you, rem- if you can think back to preseason, Texas A&M, they were just outside the top 25 to start the year. I think they mm-hmm. were like 26, 27, so they had a little bit of buzz behind them. You did buzz. Buzz Williams. Uh, um, but, nice but they lost a ton of games at the beginning of the year. They lost a ton of games at the beginning of the year. They're playing good right now. I know Luke, he said that he'd have them going really far. Classic. I feel so, like yeah. he's a, I don't know. That's that just sounds like a classic pick to Luke. Yeah. But. Anyways, you'll be hearing from us rather shortly. We'll, we'll be here on Selection Sunday, probably a couple hours after the Selection Show. We might even have Luker on the podcast. Yes. Long-time listeners remember Luke. He probably hasn't been on here in a couple years, at least. No, maybe one, an episode here and there. Uh I don't think he's better. We might need to do some digging through the books to see. Yeah, yeah but we're excited. Hopefully, Luker can join us on Sunday after the selection show for the podcast. We'll come at you on Sunday, Sunday night with another episode with our bracket breakdown. Yeah. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. I'm excited. Selection Sunday is so close. I can't wait. School's done for us. Yeah, we're on spring break. So we got a week of college nah, basketball. We can put even you the best content possible. We can put even more focus into college basketball. We got a great spring break alignment. Let me just throw that out there. Oh, it's superb. Superb. Yep. Yeah. Couldn't be any better. Anyways, we'll see you on Selection Sunday. And until next time, this is Made in March.